violence and infection surrounds them. Now they must learn to trust in strangers, discover how to survive, and make hard decisions. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Sam about his and his team's comic, Raves. Experience the apocalypse as it happens, and follow this group of teens as they learn about each other and how to survive. We talk about themes, comic hosting websites, and starting a project over. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, please welcome in another new creator who's been doing this for a little bit and a long story. We're doing our second comic book episode in like less than a month. We just started with those. Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I got really into the idea of Ray's. You sent me the links and the first two issues are free to read and they got me kind of like really intrigued by it. Now I don't I haven't had the time to read three or four yet, but they're definitely <laughs> planned to do. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed issue one and two. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> but before we really dive into what this comic is, can you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, my name is Sam. I'm from uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, I'm a local creator. Um, I've been doing this comic book for about four years in production, I would say, or close to four years. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've been creating this story for over 15. So (laughs) we actually, yeah, so we actually uh, came up with this idea in middle school. So Oh, yeah, so this has been an idea we've sat on for a while, and we've kind of developed and obviously rewritten a bunch of times and tried to get it right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super passionate. I've always loved telling stories in any medium. I used to write, uh, I used to write horror like kid stories when I was in like elementary school. Um, okay. So I've always been a fan of just like telling any story in any medium. Um, so yeah, that's super exciting, and just like. I love when a project comes onto the podcast and it's been in somebody's head for just an extended amount of time because getting to see people mull it over and then how it changes, I think is also very exciting. Oh yeah. Definitely changed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But we keep on kind of skirting around it. What is Ray's? Okay, so I'll give you the elevator pitch, and then we can kind of get into it. Um, this is pretty <laughs> much the premise of it is a man is born with a, uh, a special condition. Um, and this kinda, uh, where you'll see issue one kind of take place is you're going to see that a, that a newfound virus is kind of like scourging uh, the states of the United States. And we kind of take place in, up, uh, I wouldn't say upstate New York, but it's not directly in New York City. Um, it's <laughs> called Peak skill New York is kind of where we start. Um, and you're going to kind of see as the story progresses how our main character with that special condition is either going to be the fall for mankind or the last hope. Okay. That is like a, a huge thing. Yes. <laughs> Was that always the premise or did it like 
get construed from an original no, point? Um, I would say it, the the main character uh, part of that I don't think was was as much a part of the story, but. Me and Trey, I think we pride ourselves on watching a lot of material, reading a lot of material, and trying to break down story structure and really come up with something that, like, when you pick up this book, you're kind of, like, enticed with this world, you're on the edge of your seat, and you're really enjoying it issue to issue. Um, Mm -hmm. So the main premise was, and you can kind of see on issue one, is our infected, like, how they operate. Um, and then it was like, really, okay, how can we make this story personal? How can we make it interesting? Um, and you're going to kind of see that idea kind of, uh, how it progresses through the series. But I will say is the whole premise of this person having like a, a special condition was an element of the story. I just don't think when we came up with the idea, it was as centric as it's going to be moving forward. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. You mentioned there about like the world and figuring things out there. And part of that's going to be achieved by the large cast of characters. And there are a number as of issue one. Yes. Um, One of the things you told me is that that's going to be explored through different perspectives of the characters, learning a little bit more about them and their, uh, their history with the world history with the, current situation and like other mediums seeing how they're handling this current apocalypse basically yes so the way we kind of imagined it was really just you know these are a bunch of like high schoolers so it's Mm -hmm. like when you read issue one it's almost like i like to say it's almost like if you're going into like a battlefield or you're going to war you know and these people aren't equipped for this so it's really like putting them in this like shit storm and seeing how they come out on the other side um and i think anyone who reads this series you're going to kind of see in issue three we explore that a little bit obviously if yes you can tell the characters aren't really on a on a friend basis yet um they're not really uh as nice to each other as you would expect them to be but um it was all about like okay, who are these characters? And you're going to kind of see the way our storytelling is. It's very like, it's very like in the moment. Um, And I like Mm -hmm. to say that just because if you read a comic, there's some comics where you pick it up and you could read a story that goes through like 10 years and 24 pages, which I think is incredible, but you're not going to get that from our story. It's going to, we want you to feel like every little moment, even as small as you may think it is, it ultimately could be pretty big, you know, and it's kind of telling it moment by moment in this story. I think that is highlighted in, I believe the name of issue one is the bridge. Yes. And for audience, so we're going to get uh, just like a slightly little bit spoiler here. Cause I think it's a little bit important, but the first time you as the reader see the infected, it's a bunch of people in a gridlock stuck on a bridge And they're just watching in horror as this mass of violence is happening in front of them. And that's captured so well. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the idea was really like we the, the, the story about this. So this is like a little bit of an origin story is a lot of people don't know this, but 
I say we created this, we've been creating this series for four years, but behind the scenes, we've been creating it for about six. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is we created a whole issue one and we read it and we hated it. So we threw <laughs> it out. <laughs> um, and it was always like, okay, like when we were going through the rewrites, because like ultimately to us, we just felt like we were cramming too much in into issue one. It didn't yeah. feel as personal. It didn't feel like what we were trying to tell, we didn't tell, um, to mm. put it, to put it simple. Um, but we kind of, I mean, I, I looked at Trey and I just came up with the idea and the idea really of issue one was like, I told them like, I, when people read this, I just want there to be an, a moment when the readers are like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? You know, yeah, that, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what we were kind of going for. And in the midst of that, we, we always talked about is, um, we always hated the conversation, whether it be a TV show, a comic or whatever medium is, oh, you have to wait to this part till it gets good, you know? Oh, um, yeah. And I always hated that argument because, like, no, like, it needs to be good now. It doesn't need to be good four episodes from now or, you know, five issues from now. So it was always like, yo, how can we set up this world? How can we make it interesting? And how can we prepare people? Like, this is a this is a different story. This is a, this is a different zombie story. So we really come out of the gate hot with this story. It was really just we wanted the 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 world building right off the gate like okay you can see these things you know they're dangerous and you know you want to keep your distance and then we can kind of go through the issues in the future and kind of explore like you know how they operate um what what you know obviously weakness they have what strengths they have and how that kind of plays out in the story Mm -hmm. i think one of the things that threw me off because I love a good zombie story, whether it's like a podcast or a comic. I mean, and, and people do too. Like how long is the walking dead still running? Like, I feel yeah, like I mean, yeah. it's still going in one shape or form. But the thing that threw me off was just like how strong and fast these ones are compared to other infected. Like it breaks the typical tropes in some ways. And that excites me. It's, it's a bit fresh for yes. for zombies. So absolutely, I mean, and we talked about that. Like we had a long, long conversation because we <laughs> love the zombie world, but it was always like, okay, how can we make this different? You know, like there's mm-hmm. been so many renditions, and the one thing I always hated is. I've had people who aren't zombie fans, and I always hated the argument of, oh, this is corny, or they're slow and stupid, and it's like, they don't have to be, you know? They don't have to be these slow and stupid creatures. Like, I get it, because those are the things that were popular, and um, I think, like, you know, with anything you do, uh, I think when someone's successful, some people will try to piggyback off of that, or they'll try Mm -hmm. to, you know, twist it a little bit, but make it to uh solely like loyal to what you already know um and we wanted to change that you know the whole idea of our zombies which we really don't even call them zombies um is infected there's yeah infected so it's really um if you were to kind of look at a graph of the stages and you have a human and then you have a zombie and no one ever told you the story of what's in that middle part 
you know like what mm-hmm. happens before they become brain dead so that's like the idea of what the infected are they are these raged up creatures and they just want to pretty much beat the crap out of you um and there's still people behind it you know it also kind of like getting a little bit deep here but we kind of pull back a like a uh a layer that you might not consider like okay if people are getting shot at there's still people behind that that rage monster so yep. in turn are you now killing a human you know so it kind of created uh, like just a world of possibilities mm-hmm. and i think that's like once again that's another theme you're probably going to be exploring down the line because at least one character is gonna i mean if you're saying that at least one character is going to be saying that in the future so what are some of the other themes that people might expect when they hop into Rays? Oh man, it's it's actually funny because we just we just started like uh, preparing for issue six on production wise as far as dialogue and whatnot, and yeah. I think people are gonna realize this when they read issue to issue. Is our biggest thing we try to achieve is picking a theme in the story and kind of seeing how it plays out in that issue, you know, because each mm-hmm. p- issue you pick up, what we're trying to strive for is something different. Like every issue you're going to get, the pacing's going to feel different. The darkness level is going to feel different. The way the characters interact are going to be different. And we always try to pick a theme. Um, I would say for issue one's theme is just madness, shock. chaos, yeah, madness you know, shock, shock <laughs> you know, fear, um, I would say when you see issue two, it's kind of um, uncertainty, you know? Uh, Yeah. If anyone, spoiler on issue two, but, you know, there's a situation where, you know, you have to trust a stranger, you know? You're in the situation where you have to, and there's a situation where you can't trust a stranger, and you kind of see how that plays out. So it's more of like, I would say, trust. Um, And every issue we kind of go through, we try to pick a theme. Um, I think as we get further and further in this story, it's going to get a lot darker. Um, So for people who hopefully enjoy that, um, you're going to get to see uh, that we're not pulling back um, at all. Um, we 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 want people's jaws to drop when they're picking up our issues. That is ultimately the goal. Mm-hmm. Raze, like we said, has a large cast of characters. Yep. What are some of the ideas behind having that big group of characters? Because one of the things I read in, I think it was a blog post, was the idea was that people are going to get to see through different characters' eyes and get familiar with these characters. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the strengths and weaknesses of working with so many characters, though? Um, weakness is it's, it's hard to do a lot (laughs) on an issue to issue basis. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we have eight characters, technically nine, including, um, a little boy by the name of Mark. But, um, the weakness is it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult because it's almost like the way I'd like to consider it. It's almost like a dance routine. We have Mm -hmm. to pick who's important for this issue and try to create a story around it because we learned very early on that no we didn't need to show everybody in the issue you know we wanted yeah we obviously want to show all the characters it's not like we don't want to show them um it's just you know picking what the story demands you know if the story demands you know 
Victoria and Victor- Victoria and Ian and Bucky. We're gonna give you Victoria, Ian, and Bucky. Um, if it demands a story to have Frankie and Ricky to kind of have some banter between the two, we're gonna put that in there. So it kind of is like, what does the story demand? Um, I would say the biggest strength, though, from having all these characters, is I think we're in uncharted waters. Um, I truly believe that, and that's why I'm super passionate about this project because. Everything we try to do is always going to be different, or we're going to try to do it different. Um, You know, a lot of these characters, you're going to see how they operate, how they work, how they think. um, And that's going to play into some of their backstories, too. You know, we kind of, we don't take the the original approach on storytelling. I know usually Mm -hmm. the first issue, you get a whole origin story, and you see how this person thinks. But we want you to kind of sit with these characters, see how they react to certain situations, and then you can kind of get uh, a little bit more information on how they tick or how they think or how they would react, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that you guys have done super well is showing the tension between Mm -hmm. characters. One of the first things that happens is this group is kind of thrown together, a larger group and a smaller group thrown together and their personalities clash really hard some of them are like very openly like if you don't do this you're going to die and we're going with you kind of deal Mm -hmm. so designing tension like that is tough especially Mm -hmm. when you're trying to make a character maybe not likable but at least cared about yeah so how have you guys gone about designing dialogue and characters so that they can have tense situations but still be rooted for um yeah that's that's kind of uh that's the hard thing about writing for these characters which uh me and me and my co-creator always talk about is the way we think about it is and and no BS. There's some characters that people love that I would not expect people to love. Mm-hmm. Um, them being big old jerks. And they're like, yeah, I love the way he does that. It's like, really? Because <laughs> we thought you guys would hate him. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really finding, it's finding that level of, I think, pushing a character till, the, till they're not annoying. Because I always hated it when I personally read a story and someone's being really over the top and doing a lot of extra stuff. And it's almost like a, it's almost a game of like tug of war. You know, you try and tug it on your side to build that tension to, you know, maybe not make them the most likable, but then you kind of give back a little bit. You show them doing something nice or you show them doing something heroic so you can kind of balance out this character a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it. Um, I think the way we design these characters is we really wanted it to feel as realistic as possible, and we wanted you to see everyone's point. Um, one of my favorite issues we ever came up with, came out with so far was issue four, and you'll kind of see that. And there's a an, an idea, let's say, and you're gonna see kind of how the team kind of splits into two, and you're getting opinions from each side, and you wouldn't think the person that they are would have this opinion, but they do. Um, which I think was like the beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you live, like when you going about your daily life, like 
if you ever have a conversation with like a coworker and you're like, oh, I wouldn't think of it like that, or I didn't know your opinion was like that, you know, you mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like unraveling how these characters think, and I think we've had a lot of time with them. Um, yeah, but it's um it's really making them feel like a real person, you know, like everybody has their pros and cons and. You really have to, I think, pushing people to the edge, you're able to expose that a little bit easier. Yeah. It's really hard to enjoy even writing a character Mm -hmm. if they have nothing redeemable about them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have characters where you're like, yo, this dude is such a piece of work. Um, But then we'll have those moments where like, wow, I can't believe he did that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so it really is trying to find that balance. Uh, one thing that we pride ourselves on is how over the top we are. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, we get right to the point and, you know, it, 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 it is true to its nature because these are a bunch of high schools. Like these are pretty much mostly a bunch of strangers, you know? Um, yeah. and you throw infected in there, you throw, you know, argumentative uh, conversations in there. It's 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 a melting pot for sure. I think what I realized most when reading it was as even in the bigger group at the very beginning, it was only like mm-hmm. this character is kind of close with these two characters, but not these two characters. So everybody's kind of spider webbed out with their relationships on where they stand with other people and who they trust and who they don't. Exactly. And you're going to kind of like, I, I love it because, I mean, we consider it like um, these next few issues we're going to come out with, I think, in the next two years is really just the prologue, you know? Like, we don't even mm-hmm. get into the nitty-gritty um, until a few more issues uh, later from where we're at. Um, but the the cool thing is, you know, like you said, you kind of have that s- spider web kind of uh you know, idea for all these characters to where they are and how distant they are. And it's really cool to kind of see that. And then you can kind of start to say, okay, how can we bring these characters closer? How can we make this stranger trust this stranger? So it's all about like really working towards like that arc that we have set in place for this character, or at least the mm-hmm. beginning of the arc. That way you can kind of see, okay, you know, after the prologue, these two characters got closer to each other. And then we kind of push forward even more with how their relationship is going to play out even further into the future. And I think that you guys are setting up for a really good run of those issues. Mm-hmm. So Appreciate that. We... <laughs> well, you're welcome. we've mentioned it a couple times but this is an action horror comic and there's a lot going on with that what draws you to the horror genre though sam oh man uh a lot (laughs) just that it's simple (laughs) um i would say and it's just my personal preference so i i watch i watch movies when i was a kid um, horror movies. I watch all kinds of movies, but horror movies specifically when I was Mm -hmm. really young, probably shouldn't have done it, but it always just kind of like, (laughs) I always just kind of got like, uh, just thrown into that. I think that genre at a very young age. Um, and it always interests me because it's like, you know, I know a lot of people who are like into the fantasy 
kind of aspect, like Dungeons and Dragons and Skyrim and, you know, kind of like just going around with a sword messing up orcs. And I kind of, I'm comparing it to Horde just because Horde to me is like a different world. You know, yeah. it's not just like bad lighting and someone running through a forest screaming. I think, and for me, I think we're finally getting to see it. I think in a lot of movies and TV shows, it's like its own environment. You know, if done correctly, yeah. it's like you're in a different world. Like you're still in this world, but it's like so much creepier, so much darker. Um, it's really like and. Tr- not comparing ours to this, obviously, but, like, you know, the Upside Down and Stranger Things, you know? Like, when you mm-hmm. go there, it's it's otherworldly, um, and that's what always intrigued me. It's kind of like getting lost in this very dark, desolate world, and it just always intrigued me as far as the horror genre. I have had a, a mixed past. Horror is now my current favorite genre in general, as a child, I watched a lot of horror, and up until I was, I want to say, like, somewhere between the ages of 16 and 20, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I I watched it, and it was like a <laughs> sick fascination. My childhood fear was Michael Myers. No no oh, joke, yeah. because he was mine just Mine was Fred, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's that... It's those feelings that come up with it. And now I'll watch horror and or listen to it. And the I think it's kind of looking at it in the difference of whether you look at horror as a genre or as like an emotion. Mm-hmm. Because when you start looking at it as an emotion, you see it like there's a certain level of safety mm-hmm. when you are a consumer. And it's it's fun to be scared a little bit. For (laughs) some people. For me, it is. I totally understand if you're not into that. But we're seeing a lot more horror in general. I think we're seeing a lot more horror from small creators. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's here's the thing. Like, the horror genre is vast. And I think the, the biggest reason I wanted to get into the horror genre from the very beginning was to not just make it about horror. Like, we are a horror genre, um, but I wouldn't put us in that much of a small box um, just because, you know, you watch, like, an action movie and you'll Mm -hmm. have romance in there and then it's not automatically kicked out as an action movie. You know what I mean? There are elements. There are other elements to that story. And I think um, a horror genre can do that, you know? Um, Yes. That's why, like, we pride ourselves on, like, having a little bit of mystery, having action, having horror, having romance, um, having drama, um, because, you know, it's, it's not just in one box. You know, we love all these other genres, too, you know what I mean? And I think it's a good way to, you know, diversify your story. You know, you're not just keeping yourself in a, oh, look at those horror tropes, you know? You're really uh-huh. you can get a story, uh, story driven you know character arc in a in a horror story, you know. Yeah. I know all, all the horror horror movies I watch. I always hate it when the blonde girl is running away, screaming her head off, and I'm like, okay, she's not gonna have she's not gonna have a story. Her story is no, being exactly. scared, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And that's what we tried to strive for for this comic, you know. We put in a lot of characters because, you know, obviously some of them are scared, but you're not going to see someone running away screaming their head off. Um, not like that, at least. Yeah, not like that. You might still see that, but it might be a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> but I also think, too, that Rays does something really well, and that's intertwining elements of other genres. Like you said, you have action there. There could definitely be down the line some small romance stuff, and a lot of horror does romance really well. I mean, two of the films that come to mind when I think about horror and other genres is, like, look at Annihilation and Bird Box. Large parts mm-hmm. of those film had romantic elements, and Absolutely. they're two incredibly successful films. So, like, being able to blend that into your comic and, like, seeing those seeds currently planted... Not that we've gone into them, but seeing the option there gives the audience something to kind of be like, oh, where's this going to go? Absolutely. I mean, one thing I will say, and I was always a fan of it, and it's it's just that thing, I think, of, you know, romance is almost like a hero's story. Like, you want to root for them, you know? Obviously, if you like the characters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's an important part of, you know, building up these characters. Because, you know, we want people to be invested in this story where if we do something with these characters, romance or not, is like, you're like shaking the book. You're like, what the crap? Why did this happen? Or, <laughs> yes, finally it happened. Like, that's how we want the readers to feel, you know? Yeah, that, that feeling is always something that an an artist or a writer can just kind of be like, ah, yes, I got them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> something we actually haven't done so far in this entire conversation is talk about the art style for Rays. Yes. And it is a black and white comic as it stands, kind of mm-hmm. in like the, the Sin City approach. Was this yeah. like a stylistic choice or a functional choice? So this was both. Um, like I said before, we did issue one and we scrapped it, but that one had color. And mm-hmm. me and my co-creator, Trey, we kind of just looked at each other and we're just like, this this ain't it. Um, <laughs> we, we are a huge fan of horror and with horror comes will always come the foundation, which was the black and white. At the very beginning, whether it was, uh, you know, Frankenstein or it was old style comics, you know, that's where it kind of started. And we like to think we're paying homage to that. Um, but it was it was incorporating, making it feel like a horror story because, yes, we can add in color. Um, but to us, it just didn't have the same feel. It didn't have the same effect. Um and I've been able to see a lot of the pages we've been working on for issue five. And I can say is it is completely underrated what you can do between the black, white, and gray spectrum. Um, and what I think Trey, our co-creator, was able to do, because he's now the artist for issue five fully, um, is incredible. Is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was it was also functionality. I mean, you know... We we're, we're, we work full-time jobs. We don't have buckets of money. So it was also like, how can we make the how can we make this affordable? 
you know? Um, yeah. And it's funny because issue one, if you pick up or, or you go read issue one, you'll actually see before you even start the story, there's like a there's a credits list of everyone who worked on it, and it's kind of like a milestone for us for the f- first issue. And there's about, I would say, six or seven people that worked on issue one. And now we're on issue five, and there's three plus our cover artist. And the three people I work with on the cover are on the comic is myself, our artist slash co-creator Trey, and then my little brother uh, Ben, who uh, does storyboards and all the uh, social uh, promotion artwork and animations and whatnot. So really, like, it's a small team, you know. Um, but it's also a gratifying team. Like, uh, we're able and very, very. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm very lucky because every Thursday I can uh, I can meet up with Trey and uh, my brother Ben and we all just sit in a room together and like the ideas and the passion uh, when we leave after we're done um, on Thursdays is insane. Like it's it's an awesome time. It's an awesome thing to kind of go to one room and have all these passionate people and come up with these really creative ideas and really out their ideas i think that's great too and the best part too is that what i'm getting from that is that whenever you're walking away from these these meetings Mm -hmm. you're feeling more and more successful and excited in the project which is always so good to hear oh absolutely i mean we just got that question asked like oh what uh you know what make what do you think success is and i'm like I feel like I'm already there, you know, like we're on this passion project and no, we're not signed to a giant publisher and no, we're not making, you know, buckets of money, but I'm having fun on a week to week basis with the people that are on this project, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're doing stuff that I think is really cool. You know, like a lot of the tiers we're going to be doing for our Kickstarter, like, just some really cool rewards and ideas we came up with in the past three months um, that I think is going to separate us from a lot of things that you've seen on Kickstarter, or we're hoping yeah. that at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the funnest part, you know? Uh, I think it's all how you measure yourself and how you work on a, on a week-to-week basis on your project. You know, I always... It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, so... You know, it took us three years to get here, but we got here. <laughs> Actually, you just mentioned it right there. So let's transition to that. You guys are setting up for the Kickstarter in, yep. well, as of the launch of this episode, it's actually currently live. But yep. for us right now, it's about two to three weeks out. What Correct. are some things that you're prepping up for the Kickstarter and what can audiences expect from issue five? Oh man, issue five is insane. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> simple idea. Um, the premise of issue five, and I'll just give the logline so I don't spoil anybody, but mm-hmm. where issue four, the end of issue four, where it leaves off, one of our, our characters is trying to help him because he's sick which they now know he's infected. Um, And they're making the conscious choice of what they should do in issue four, whether, uh, you know, 
for him to kick the bucket or, you know, obviously go a more, uh, uh, an easier route, not as, not as violent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and where issue four <laughs> ends is that person they were taking care of is now gone. Um, and you're going to see is an infected is on the loose and the young boy that they found on the bridge is now missing. And you're going to ah. see how that plays out in issue five. That's that existential part I was talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but as far as the Kickstarter goes, um, we got a lot of cool rewards and a lot of exclusive rewards. too. We've never done anything like this, which is why we're so excited for this Kickstarter. Um, a lot of people who haven't read any of the issues, we're going to have a lot of uh, physical and digital catch-ups. So if you haven't read any issues of Rays, you have the opportunity to now own them all physically or own them all digitally, whatever your preference is. Um, we are also going to be doing, which we haven't unveiled yet, but we're doing a variant cover. Um, I'm very fortunate. The team I was able to work with is uh, Ben and Trey and myself. We all kind of collabed on this really cool idea for a variant cover. Uh, because if you look at any of our issues, we've never done a variant cover before, ever. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to do something different than just the red text and the image kind of to the side slash behind it. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to have that going, which you can obviously get a physical copy of that. Um, we just dropped these, uh, these pretty cool things. We came up with these 64-bit uh, uh, zombie keychains. So it's like a zombie <laughs> boy and a zombie girl, and it's really cool. It's going to bring you back to the uh, SNES days where you saw the 64-bit video games. Um <laughs> And then we're also going to be, uh, we also came up with, and this was released a long time ago before the Kickstarter, but we are going to be putting in the Kickstarter. It is a huge hint into where the story is going, so definitely check it out. Um, it is, we call it the Bucky poster, and it's actually derived from um, the amazing Spider-Man, one of the amazing Spider-Man covers. Um, it's the one where... That. Yeah, so it's... Um, we're going to be giving that away physically, uh, one of those posters, or a bunch of those posters, I should say. And then we just dropped today, too. We came up with this this really cool sticker set. I'm, I'm usually not excited about stickers, but we kind of thought outside the box on this one, and we just made it, like, cool and, you know, something that I think anyone, horror or not, that you would enjoy and want to get, pretty much. I think that's really exciting too and for people who are wondering i believe the cover is the um the cover that they that sam just mentioned there is the cover of spider-man no more yes correct correct sorry i said amazing yeah, spider-man well it, it is the amazing spider-man it's just that the tag is the uh spider-man no more that's the one yes. where uh spider-man is superimposed behind peter parker and they're back to back Correct. So it it's a very cool image. Yeah. So we kind of took that and we like literally. I always. <laughs> it's my new catchphrase. We raisified it. So we saw everything. <laughs> like, how could we make this a part of our our world? You know. Yeah. Um. And I think Ben Ben put it together. He's he's a freaking genius because it it literally <laughs> looks like we we. I wouldn't say we copied it, but there's, like, a lot of similarities, and we did that on purpose because we really wanted you to feel, like, you know, a very modern take on that iconic cover. Mm-hmm. 
so there's a lot going on with the Kickstarter. And from (laughs) what it sounds like, you're actually really happy with how that's going so far. So I'm really excited that it's going so well. One of the things, too, because as I said, you didn't just send me the first two issues. Issues Mm -hmm. 1 and 2 are free, and I think it's on Global Comics. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yep, they're completely free. You can go in, you can check them out and read them 100% free. So for audience members who don't know, Global Comics is a comic hosting website. But Sam, what did you guys, why did you guys choose to host here? For uh, Global Comics? Yeah. Um, so we've really been having a difficult time finding the right marketplace, I think, for Rays. Um, we are on Amazon, um, and we were on Comixology before it got liquidated. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> it's um it's tough I'll, I'll be honest it's tough being in this indie space and finding a right home for your comic book that's the biggest struggle i think any any indie creator and what they're trying to do in this uh in this market you know um mm-hmm. we've submitted to a bunch of publishers and it's very frustrating being uh stuck behind that invisible wall and it feels yeah. like no one's you know, we we worked months and months and months on these books, and I know usually it only takes two minutes to read these books, but you know, we oh, put our blood, yeah, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into these books, and we want to find its right home. I think the reason we went to Global Comics, and I didn't know much of when we put our books on there. I was like, oh, this seems cool, and I like the way the interface is, and then we started to see, like, you know, as soon as we joined. I got an invitation to a Discord server. You could contact the creators of, you know, this interface directly. They're super helpful, super friendly. Um, there's always these Twitter spaces I join, and literally, like, the CEO of that company is joining them. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's just, it's this thing where I think in the comic book industry is I think we need to break down this invisible wall, you know? Like, uh-huh. there's a lot of these books, and it's a lot more different, I would say, as we're moving forward. But, you know, it's... If you don't fall in the superhero genre, if you don't fall in the really outlandish comic book genre, like, really going over the top, or, yep. you know, if you're not doing, you know, bad girl art, you know, it it is a hard place to figure out where you belong in this market. Um, mm-hmm. And especially for horror books, like, yes, Robert Kirkman is has helped that, but I still think is people aren't even, you know, giving still giving it a chance, you know? Yep. Like, we got one successful Walking Dead series, and then any other indie publisher, and I've read a lot of... In the horror genre for indie creators, it's incredible the stories people are putting out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just hard to find that home. And I think Global Comics is on something that a lot of these marketplaces, you know, kind of neglect, you know? The voices that need a a microphone, you know, or need a podcast (laughs) or need a YouTube channel. Like, it's just that opportunity to get yourself out. Like, you get to on this interface and I, I still can't believe no one's done it before them or at least to my knowledge is you can link your Kickstarter t- to you know your book series so when they're done reading your book your Kickstarter's right down there with the link you know um, 
I think Kickstarter is a really crucial part in, in this indie space, so it only makes sense to kind of like put that together. Um, I don't know. I think it's just it's 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 this thing where I think people are disconnected from what's actually happening in the indie space and the comic book space. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm hoping more people get some more hands-on treatment. You know, mm-hmm. and are able to, you know. To help out the little guy, because you'll be surprised what kind of story the little guy can tell, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can definitely agree with that. I've been doing Schedule for Launch for over a year now. Mm-hmm. And I'm open to basically all indie creators. I don't do podcasts so much because it's kind of like a an awkward thing to try and consume that much content to promote that content. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But only only in June, only a couple weeks before, a couple days, this was recorded a couple days after the launch of my first comic episode. Mm-hmm. And like now, after that one, thankfully, a lot of comic creators are reaching out to me. So hopefully we're going to get more comics on here too, because that's always really mm-hmm. exciting to get new creators and new people invited in the space. But you don't hear about it too much. So I'm learning a lot really quickly, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to things like hosting and spaces and like difficulties accessing and like how certain websites just do not handle other things. Well, my partner's really into webtoons, for instance, but then mm-hmm. like looking at it, it's like, Oh, there's a very specific art style to how yep. webtoons does things. So, just learning more about it it's been really interesting yeah i mean it's it's crazy too because like global comics it's literally in the name like if you go on their interface if you literally go to their website you will see the plethora of comics you know like you're not seeing one style um which i think is the is the beautiful thing like it's for everyone it's there for Mm -hmm. everyone and i think the from what i've heard and the ideas they're trying to do i think it is going to change the digital game for comic books and maybe the physical too. Cause I don't know what they have, you know, obviously <laughs> what they're trying to do, but as far as digital uh, comes along is it's, you know, I, I, as a digital reader and a physical, I read both. So don't, don't hate on me if I just read <laughs> digital. Um, but um, it is really having that access to, you know, like we, we have super con- computers, you know, like, in our hands most of the days so it's really like having an interface that's easy you know that like Mm -hmm. has access to you that's you know just very uh seamless and you know you're not you're not having all these weird controls where you're trying to read a digital (laughs) comic you know like it is very easy to just get your content read it and you know it's almost like it's it's a marketplace too like they literally have a section where you can hire artists you can hire writers like it's it's genius you know what i mean like it's it's really creating a community it's no it's not about like going on an interface anymore and just seeing a book you know what i mean the more you can give it like a community factor i think that's what's going to intrigue a lot of people and keep people obviously coming back yeah that makes total sense to me Sam, we're actually starting to run a little bit low on time here. Yeah, no worries. I got two more questions for you here. 
that are asked at the end of every single episode of this podcast in one way, shape, or form. So the first one is, what advice can you give to people wanting to create their own comic, but they don't really know where to start? Oh, man. That's a tough one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And let me just say, before I say anything, I am not an expert. (laughs) I've been creating a comic for three years. Um, Or almost three years, I should say. Um, I think... I think it's trial and error. I think what you really need to start with is the idea. And you need to flesh out that idea. Like, yes, it can be a cool idea, but I always, the one advice I would give is always ask yourself why. No matter what you do, whether it's the idea, the world building, the characters, anything in the comic, always ask the question why. Um, I think that debunks a lot of bad ideas, at least on my side. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would start with just the idea and just remember this doesn't happen in a night, you know, a uh, comic, it takes a lot of work. And if you're passionate, uh, stick with it. You know, it takes some time, it takes some time to get traction. It takes some time to get it done. Um, you know, and if you can digest that, then you'll be okay. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great advice too. Just for like a little bit of comfort. Nobody I've ever asked that question to on the show, maybe one, has been an expert. I think I've asked one yeah. person who did it by trade, actually. But everybody who I've asked that to is an indie creator as well. And I think that's what's so good about the advice here. Because that advice can be applied as much to making a comic as it can be somebody thinking up a story arc for their D&D game. Mm-hmm. Why is a great question. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we—that's how we use our writing. You know, it's. Uh, I think more people should use it because you'll find the plot holes really quickly. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and I understand the point too because it's like you know, I think it's a little bit easier to understand, and it gives. I think I think it gives people a lot of hope. Is like you know, someone who's not super famous or not, you know, has all this money, or whatever the case may be, like someone who's creating it on the ground, creating it, I, I can see where there, there comes comfort, you know, in asking for advice, you know? And I'm the same way. Yeah. I totally get that, I, and I agree. Last question of the night, though. Sam, where can people find out more about you and Ray's? Where can people find out more about this comic and keep up with you? Okay, so um, for Rays, we are on um, almost every platform. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, all you really have to do is search Rays Comics. Um, just look for the big red text. Um, to keep up with me, I would say I am most active on Twitter nowadays. Um, you can find me at comics, C O M I C S underscore raise and that is r-a-z-e um and that's where i'll be on twitter and you can also follow our twitter page which is just raise comics at raise comics so um but yeah that's where you can find me and you can also find us on kickstarter so uh you know type in raise comics and our pre-launch page is up but by the time you hear this it will be live as always audience those links are going to be down in the description below Go check out Ray's, read issue one and two. If you like it, it's something you're into. Go support Sam and the rest of the team in creating this 
this really cool comic book because it's got a lot of heart in it. As you have all heard for the past little while, they're super passionate about it, and I want to see where it goes. This is this is me pleading to you. Please go support Sam so that I can <laughs> yes, read issue please. five. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the show this week. It was an absolute blast, and I love learning about this comic. Absolutely. Thank you for having us and taking the time. <laughs> Absolutely, I loved it. And audience, thank you so much for listening. Sam and Ray's have already partially launched, but their Kickstarter is currently live. Go out and support them. Get the rest of the comics and catch up on Ray's. Until then, though, take care of yourselves. Have a good night. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much to Sam for joining me on the podcast this week. Ray's Issue 5 is officially out on Kickstarter, and there's a lot of really cool perks that you can get with it. Sam was right, the stickers are actually a lot of fun too. If you like what you heard about the project, and you've checked out and enjoyed Issues 1 and 2, and you want to get a hold of all of Ray's physically, then now's a good time to hop in and support them, because you can get those along with Issue 5. And as always, audience, thank you so much for listening. It's been incredibly busy lately, but it's been really fun too. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, why not share it with a friend, as word of mouth is the only way we grow around here. If there's also a creator that you really enjoy and are doing something really cool in the indie space and you want me to reach out to them, please let me know. I've had almost every single guest be somebody suggested to me from another creator or somebody who listened to the show. So I want to keep on finding those people and bringing them to a wider audience. It makes for a much more interesting show when everybody else is really excited to hear from them. Another little bit of housekeeping. Along with the Lion Knight stream to be announced in the next coming weeks where I'm going to be playing Veil of the Void with some really cool people, I'm going to be joining Mo Poplar to play Shibuya Knight's for that same fundraiser on July 22nd at 12.30 EST. And I'm also going to be joining People's Ascension on Twitch, playing the Avatar role-playing game on July 27th at 6.30 p.m. EST. Come join us for some fun and support the National Network of Abortion Funds. It's a great cause and there's going to be some great people. We're going to have a lot of fun. So come on out and join us. Next week, we are taking our very first look at an actual board game. I can't wait for you all to hear about Season of the Lich because it's really fucking cool. Until then, though, take care of yourselves, and I'll chat with you real soon.